Hey everybody and welcome to TalkChain, the hottest cryptocurrency podcast out there today. My name is Matt and I am going solo again because Rob is a clown and continues to have internet problems. That's okay though, we're going to have a good time and uh, i got a few fun things to talk about today. Thank you very much for watching this podcast. Uh, Rob and I are going to try and come here as often as we can to break down the news that's going on in the crypto markets and see where we can make some profit. The two things that I want to talk about today are Coinbase adding support for SegWit, which we alluded to a few shows ago, and uh, I just want to get into the, the details of what they, they talked about in their post, and I also want to talk about this article that came out uh, detailing how about half of all ICOs from 2017 have actually already failed to, uh, to go anywhere, and pretty much all the money that's been invested is is has been taken or has been put into a sunk project that's not going to come out. So let's get into it quickly with a quick little market update. So from yesterday we saw a bit of a bump in the market cap. Today we're looking at 450 billion with everything pretty much green. Uh, I noticed one coin in particular that I'm very happy to report is going up pretty high is Nano. I passed right by it. But yeah, so up 45% in the last 24 hours. And if you paid attention to any of our videos regarding BitGrail or uh, any of the drama going on with that, you'll remember that me and Rob both said that this was a buy when it was getting heavily distorted based on the news that's been going on with BitGrail and the, the exchange pretty much going to, to nothing. But the, the what we said is that the technology itself was sound and that the nano coin itself didn't have any reason to be um, to lose as much value as it did given that the major exchange that originally had the coin which is BitGrail, was was having issues so uh, I'm glad to see that going up I hope the trend continues I think my cost basis is closer to 10 uh, just under 9 because I did buy it when it was above 20 but I think uh, I think this is good to see so um, yeah, there's that. And uh, otherwise, uh, looking at the total market cap, I, I wanted to note that yesterday I talked about how the we can see a turning point here. Either we're going to start to see a continuation of these higher lows and higher highs, or we're going to continue the bear trend and see lower highs and lower lows. So just uh, what I mean by that is when you're looking at a chart you'll see that there's always these waves that go with the price so you'll see uh, a peak here so I'll just use the example of the the total market cap at its peak which was about 833 and then we saw it dip down to about 700 and then it peaked back up at 750 billion so when you're looking at bearish and bullish trends if the chart continues to make higher highs that's a bullish signal if it makes higher lows, that's also a bullish signal. If it makes lower highs or lower lows, that tends to be more bearish. So we see here that uh, about a week ago, we made this higher high from the last high. So if I say that around 400 billion uh, earlier in February was a high, then last week we made a higher high than that when we hit about fi 500 billion. So now we're, we're sort of at a low and either we could bust through that high and go above 500 billion or we'll continue to trend downward and continue the bearishness. So 
Uh, it's easier illustrated by my Bitcoin chart here. And for those of you who are just listening to the podcast, check out our YouTube and, uh, and see what it's like to watch me and or Rob when we're actually uh, getting into this live. So with Bitcoin, we, we saw a bounce at 9900 and starting to see a little bit more bullish action. So I removed a, a line that I had that wasn't useful for our purposes. And we're starting to see actually a, a upward trend if this bounce here holds. We could also follow this bearish trend that I have going on that, that I haven't changed since uh, since about a month ago. And uh, and when these when a, a bullish and a bearish trend start to or when they're they're trend lines and they intersect, it's what people traders like to call consolidation and it means that the price can either go in in either or direction with with a decent amount of velocity. So I'm going to wait to see how that happens in the next few days. I think there'll be some chop before then, but we'll, uh, it remains to be seen. Anyway, so let's get into the actual topics that I want to talk about today. So Coinbase announced that they are supporting SegWit. So if you remember a few weeks ago, or not a few weeks ago, last week, Rob and I talked together about how Bitfinex added SegWit support, and Coinbase tweeted quickly after that they were going to be doing it in the next week or so. So this week they announced that they're supporting it, but in the actual text they say in over the next week they're going to be gradually enabling SegWit compatible Bitcoin sense and receive. So I don't know why they're putting this post out if it's not actually today that it's happening, but I think given the Bitfinex announcement that they want to make sure that people are still staying with Coinbase to do their crypto trading. So they're going ahead and uh, just keeping their customers um, keeping them informed on on the fact that they're actually uh, they find SegWit to be an important thing that they're adding so not to lose any customers to Bitfinex and this is this is very good to know I think that it's great when competing exchanges are trying to get as good a technology as they can for their own exchange to get as many customers as possible so it's nice to see that um, they talked about, yeah, so they give us a little warning about incorrectly sending Bitcoin cash to Bitcoin addresses, which I thought was a cute little thing to throw in. This really doesn't have anything to do with the SegWit. This has always been the case. You need to make sure that the correct address is is, uh, is associated with the right coin. Otherwise, you're going to lose the, the funds permanently. I think the other thing that was neat is that they talked about how they're, they find that, you know, uh, improving the networks associated with Bitcoin is good for everybody, and I agree with that too. They they care a lot about scalability of Bitcoin, which I think is great. And they mentioned that they have a single engineer dedicated to uh, the Lightning Network adoption. So uh, I would have liked to see more than just one dude working on Lightning Network adoption. For a company with as many users as coinbase i would think that this would be a bigger priority than just dedicating one full-time dude to it but you know coinbase can be coinbase i think when bitfinex uh, ramps up their lightning network adoption that coinbase is probably going to dedicate more staff to that problem so that they can also be competitive in the market so for those who, who don't know i haven't talked to or in this video just to catch up segwit is uh it makes the transactions smaller so more can be fit into one block so it's essentially like a, a block size increase and uh, this is good because 
the more transactions we can fit into a block, the quicker the transactions can go, and the lower the fees are. So if we look here, there's a this website I like to check once in a while, segwit.party. It shows the amount of segwit adoption that's happened. So we haven't really gone ever higher than 18% with some flare-ups and flare-downs, but the overall trend seems to be in the increasing direction. And I think with Coinbase and Bitfinex both adopting this, that it's only going to go higher, which is going to lower the fees for Bitcoin uh, transactions, which is great. Okay, so going to leave that there and uh, move on to the next topic I wanted to talk about. So this article came out on Bitcoin.com that says 46% of last year's ICOs have already failed. Very dramatic, but quite true. So the data that they took this from is from a website called Token Data, which I hadn't heard of before this, but I kind of looked through it and it's a, actually a really useful tool to see how much money an, a project has raised and where they're at. So they talk about 902 crowd sales that took place in 2017, 142 failed at the funding stage, 276 failed uh, after that. Not, not a great sign. Everybody who talks in this space always talks about how it's a very high risk investment, and especially ICOs that are that have no proof of that have no uh, history of success. It's it's very risky to invest in these. And people who who ask me about them, I tell them that you know there's already a lot of coins that are established on the crypto market right now that are already extremely high risk. So I don't think you need to go looking for an ICO necessarily unless it has a has a few things. And so I'll talk about what I what I look for in an ICO and how you can sort of incorporate that into your own assessment and see whether or not it's worth investing in a, in a high-risk ICO. But anyway, so when I looked at the website itself, the token data website, uh, I, I organized this based on uh, status. So you, you just, all the failed ones are at the top. And uh, a lot of these I haven't heard of. And a lot of them actually, so October 2017 was a, was a rough month for ICOs, it seems like. A lot of these that raised even minimal amounts of money had, had failed right at the gate. And, uh, yeah, so it's definitely um, just telling that your odds, so your odds of success if you're going to invest in an IC are kind of 50-50. I don't know how 2018 is going to turn out. The statements made by the uh, SEC chairman talking about how ICOs are going to be regulated as IPOs uh, makes me think that people are going to be more careful when they do ICOs going forward. So 2017 is more of the wild, wild west for ICOs, I think, because there was so many, uh, such little amount of attention given by regulators. So moving forward, I think that people are going to be more reluctant to release scam ICOs, but given that there's still no clear regulation on that, I wouldn't hold my breath. And Personally, I, I wouldn't really, you know, I don't need to find more risk than what's already available to me in the established crypto market. But if you see a coin or a project that's coming out that you think has a lot of potential, a few things that I would pay attention to are, uh, I'm going to list them right now. So I think overall, you know, they have to have a good white paper. And what that means is they need to know, they need to be able to convince you that they know what they're talking about and that the the goals that they have 
make sense. So when you're reading this, if any of the white paper sounds like trash, if the language isn't good, if the English isn't good, these should all be red flags that you look for. If any of it's plagiarized, uh, and I don't want to single out Tron here, but I, uh, I haven't invested in Tron, and I don't recommend that anybody does until they actually show some, some accomplishment of the goals that they have set out. The other thing I pay attention to is the roadmap. So there's some coins that I invest in right now that have a very ambitious roadmap, one of them being a request network. I'm not entirely convinced they're going to be able to achieve all of their roadmap, but if they can achieve some of it, I think that the the amount of um, the amount of good things that they're going to bring to the entire ecosystem, as well as the payment platform that they can bring, uh, will be a, a significant step forward, and I think that's going to bring a lot of value to the coin. So even though I don't think they're going to accomplish everything, and that remains to be seen, I, I still think that they have potential. So if the roadmap is insanely lofty, and you can tell that the team is only one or two people, you know they have to have some sort of uh, path to success. And if they can't show you that in the roadmap, I would I would steer clear or at least wait. So a lot of these options, a lot of these ICOs, you can just wait, wait six months. You might miss that original pump, but at least you're not going to lose your entire investment. So the other thing that, that I look at is whether or not the coin actually solves a problem. And this has to be a real problem. And it doesn't, it shouldn't be a problem that is, um, is like a nice to have situation. So there's a lot of inventions out there that are, that are nice to have, but if it's not something that is a fundamental problem that your, your token solves, then I, I don't think it's worth investing in. And this also goes for this, the blockchain technology. So a lot of coins that come out, they have, they, they talk about bringing blockchain to a, a new, to an already existing pro problem in, in some industry. And if blockchain isn't the right solution for it, then it's not going to work. It's just not going to pan out. So if they can't explain to you why blockchain is useful for the problem that they set out, I would steer clear of that too, because it, it doesn't make sense and it's not going to be a success. And when it comes to that, also paying attention to the use case examples that they talk about. If the use case doesn't make sense, then it, it's not really worth investing in because it's just the application uh, of blockchain to the problem that they bring up just isn't useful. So the last thing is obviously things that are related to Ponzi schemes. So BitConnect has failed and uh, there, there's other ones that, that are related to that that have failed. And so anything that, that, that tries to guarantee you a profit or locks in your money for an arbitrary period of time, these are all signs that it's a Ponzi scheme and they're just shuffling money around. So that's, that's definitely something to steer clear of. And if you pay attention to a lot of forums, you know, listen to what other people are saying about the coin. And the, the last thing I want to say is that uh, look at the team. If the team has a history of success, and this is a new project, and I use Brave as an example of this, or Basic Attention Token. So the, the founder of, of Brave is actually one of the creators of uh, Mozilla Firefox. So you know that he has a history of being involved in browsers, and he has a history of success given that Firefox is very successful. So you really want to look at that because if he has a history of success in the past, it's more likely that there'll be a success in, a, in the future. So look at the team. 
make sure there's enough people on the team to accomplish the goals set out in the roadmap. And I think you'll have a, a lower chance of failure when it comes to ICOs. But besides that, I think that there is a lot of potential in the already established crypto market. And I would encourage people to put their money there before uh, a ICO unless you're really looking to get your risk on, risk on in, in such a case. Go for it. So with that, guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. I want to thank everybody for watching, and uh, please tell somebody to check out our podcast. It would be great to get a little more support. Let me know what you think of this video. Like, subscribe, comment, whatever. Let me know what you think about SegWit or uh, the ICO failures last year and whether or not we're going to see it in the future. And if you got any, any tips or anything, please let us know below. And with that, I'm going to wrap it up. So thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you next time.